0: Well, good morning, fellas. How we doing? We're going to go ahead and get started here. If you guys are just making your way in, why don't you go ahead, take a seat, and we'll get started. Loving the new digs. Hopefully, uh. You're not putting in a a mini-marathon trying to get to this room, Uh, but guys, glad that you're here. Uh, My name's Lucas DeVries. I'm one of your pastors here at Southeast. Uh, If we haven't had the chance to meet, I am our Blankenbaker Campus team leader here, which basically means this. Uh, I get the privilege of serving encouraging and challenging all of our staff here at the Blank Baker campus. So super honored to be here. It is the joy of my life to serve here at Southeast. And uh, super excited to be here this morning for man challenge. You got some rowdy guys here. I love it. I love it. Uh, one of the things that you're going to hear us say a lot around here is that we believe that Jesus, uh, for every man in this room, every man that has a pulse, that Jesus, wants to develop a heart to invest in others. It's one of our values. In other words, we believe that God is, is pointing in this direction, and we want to encourage every single man in this room uh, to develop a heart to invest in others. I think that it's probably better said this way. We believe that God doesn't just want to do something in you, but we believe that God wants to do something Through you. This is how Paul said it in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He said this For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. We believe that what God wants to do in you is that that's not where it stops, but that God wants to do something. Through you, and so that might look like for some of us. I know next month that we're going to go on a mission trip. That there are some guys who are going go, uh, to go uh, to on a mission trip with Go Ministries. Maybe just maybe God, through His Spirit, is encouraging you, challenging you to take one step towards serving your community, serving your your church family. Maybe just maybe God is calling you to use your time, your talent, and your treasures to serve vulnerable people. I know that uh, when I hear Ronnie talk, when I hear him share his heart for this ministry, one of the things that is right at the top is the fact that he wants to unleash this room to love vulnerable women, Uh, single moms, to love widows. What would it look like if this entire room decided that we were gonna use our strength and our ability to protect and to provide to love vulnerable women. Let me share one stat with you. I was a children's pastor slash uh, youth pastor for over six years. Uh, One of the things that we noticed and that we realized was that uh, uh, when a a student graduates high school, over 60% of our students are abandoning their faith once they leave high school, 60%. That is your children. That's our students here. Southeast is not exempt from that. Over 60% of our students are banning their faith once they graduate high school. But what's interesting is that when you bring in one person, one adult, I would say one male into a child's life, that percentage decreases almost altogether. What would it look like? What would it look like if this room realized that you weren't saved just to store that all for yourself, but that you're saved for a purpose, and that God is calling you to good works so that we can serve one another. Uh, Just a few announcements for us this morning. Number one, uh, next week we are not having man challenge. I know we just got rolling here. Uh, We are not having man challenge uh, due to Labor Day, Uh, so just make sure. Uh, If you show up, you can come here. We're not going to be here. So uh, secondly, lastly, uh, we have a really cool parenting class that we wanted to let you guys know about. Uh, If you're here I believe two weekends ago, uh, Ronnie had uh, presented a class called The Journey of Parenting. And here's, here's the hope, is that we want to equip, we want to give skillful hands to all of our parents in here. Uh, my wife and I just had two twin boys. Lord, we need help, and so uh, I was up at 3.30 this morning, uh, and I don't think I went back to bed, uh, just waited for this. So, uh, hey, if you're a parent in this room, if you, whether it's birth through 18, uh, we want to encourage you to be a part of this. Uh, We're flying in a guy from J.H. Ranch uh, who is truly uh, an authority in the subject, is going to be giving us really practical tools on what it looks like to to take this journey called parenting. So if you're asking questions, how do I navigate this? What does this look like? Uh, This is going to be a great class for you. So if you want to do that, please text parenting to 733-733. Guys, we're gonna jump right in here. Uh, Guys, why don't you guys put your hands together for Ronnie Cordray. (laughs) The man, the myth, and the legend. So I'm pretty sure we asked questions during this hour. So my first question, how's the weather down there? That was, that was not, that wasn't good. I'm sorry. We'll keep rolling here. <laughs> All right, serious question, serious question. Are
1: you bulking up for the winter?
0: I'm bulking up for the winter. We're doing it. <laughs> Let's go. All right, serious question. Ronnie, how long have you been in men's ministry, and why did you decide to serve in this capacity?
1: So September 4th will be 10 years here, um, and I've been... Men- men's ministry the whole 10 years. You know, when you're 5'5", five, five, it's hard to not get into men's ministry. You know, you just can't avoid it. It's like me being a center in basketball. Now, you know, it's interesting, joking aside, I've, I've been in ministry 26 plus years, and this is the first place I've ever been evaluated on discipling men. Everywhere else, it's always been something I've just, I've just made a priority And so when we had the opportunity to come here and to actually, this is my day job, jumped at it and I'm grateful.
0: It's good. Uh, Last question What are you praying for most in this season?
1: You mentioned the journey of parenting. I pray for all three of my kids every day. And one of the two of the most frequent things I pray for them is one is that God would protect their innocence from all forms of evil and there's a lot of it, and the second is that God would surround them with right godly friendships and protect them from wrong ones, and I'll be honest, um, God has been answering that prayer this past year, and it's it's actually been painful to watch him answer that because mm. um, it's been a hard year for yeah. for some of our kids. Thanks for sharing, man.
0: Yeah. Awesome. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna get rolling. All right, thanks. Father, thank you uh, for this morning, Lord. I thank you that's Uh, We are surrounded by brothers who have decided that uh, they're going to say no to sleep and say yes to Jesus. Uh, Father, I pray that you would speak through Ronnie this morning. Uh, God, that you've inspired him, you've anointed him, you've gifted him uh, to lead uh, this this part of our church family. So God, would you use him? Uh, would you allow his tongue to be the pen of a ready writer? Uh, God, to where you could write uh, your words on our hearts today.
1: So Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucas. And good morning to you guys. So Lucas has is is leading this campus uh, behind the scenes, and so that's why we wanted to have him come out here. It's a joy to serve alongside of him, and we are in week two here at Man Challenge. If this is your first time here, you're in good company. What's said here stays here, and um, whether you come to Southeast uh, for Thursday night or Sunday morning services, or whether this is your church, um, we're we're glad you're here, but. If you are part of what we do on weekends, you know that last weekend, Dave Stone, our former senior pastor, he preached at all three of our weekend services here at Blankenbaker on the subject, carry each other's burdens, or carry one another's burdens, and today we're going to continue to dive in to the New Testament book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. Chris Morgan teed us up in the first two verses last week, and in my Bible, the heading reads, Encouragement to be faithful. And if you have a combat manual, we're in session two in our combat manual, and it's entitled, Pray for One Another. And we're going to be equipped this morning from from two things. One is Paul's encouragement to this young Timothy, this guy he's been mentoring. And two, we're going to be equipped from hearing a glimpse of how Jesus modeled the things in this text. And I'm going to argue scripturally and personally that these are all in the same lane. This carry one another's burdens, this um, encouragement to be faithful, and also our title for this morning, pray for one another. They're all three in in the same lane. We as men, we're good at compartmentalizing things, but this is... These are three things that we don't need to compartmentalize, they all flow together. And so, I believe, um, in other words, the best way to carry one another's burdens, I believe the best way to encourage one another is to pray for one another. And so, let's just, let's jump right in. I'm going to be reading from the NIV, which is New International Version, and it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. It says this. It says, I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your Sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan to flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul's encouragement to Timothy to be faithful, it's not flippant. Or random. And so let's break down these verses. We read it all as a a context, and now let's let's come back and circle back and and break these verses down. For instance, take verse 3. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve, as my forefathers did with a clear conscience, as night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Paul begins, and I'll be honest, it's easy for me to just breeze over things and miss things that God wants us to, to be reminded of, and he did, did this on purpose. Paul begins with this vertical perspective that he is here to serve God, not the other way around. Like, he's reminded Timothy, like, hey, we're here to serve God. God's not here to serve and, and make our life comfortable. And next, he adds with a clear conscience. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, I'm laser-focused, and be laser-focused. Don't be scattered. You know, Paul is using clear conscience here to convey to young Timothy that God knows what makes my heart beat. And then Paul says that that he constantly remembers Timothy in his prayers, even though they don't see each other now on a day-to-day basis. They don't have FaceTime back then. And he says... In this letter, he says, I constantly remember you. I love how two different versions um, articulate the same verse. One says, every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time. Isn't that a great way to think about that? And then another one says, when I pray to God at night and during the day, I always remember to pray for you. And I thank God for you. Man. Paul is basically saying this. He's saying, Timothy, you have had such an impact on my life. You've made such an impact on my life that I reflect on you nonstop. And I pray for you every time I think of you. He doesn't just, he's saying, I don't just think about you and remember what you look like. No, I, I, every time I remember what you look like, I pray for you. And I pray specific things for you. And that only can happen from intentional relationship and prayer. And here's what I mean by that. Why would I throw in intentional relationship? Well, one, for two reasons. One is it's, it was Jesus' strategy for discipling his disciples. And two, it's difficult to pray for someone you don't know, especially praying for them all the time. I mean, it's hard to pray for somebody all the time if you don't know them, and generically, right? It's, it's hard to pray meaningful prayers for somebody that you haven't taken the time to get to know. And so, Paul is modeling for young Timothy that, hey, you know what? I, I know you, and because I know you, I know how to pray specifically for you, and I do it. So just a few books earlier, Paul says it this way in First 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. He says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And, and notice he doesn't say, follow my example because I'm awesome. No, he's not. He's saying this is a conduit verse. He's like, hey, I'm modeling this stuff for you. One, because Jesus already modeled it for me, for us. And so I'm just conduit, passing it along. And so Paul's modeling timothy that prayer is the key it's it's our non-negotiable power source in our combat manual it says you know prayer is a is a source i'll tell you i missed that typo it's not a source it is our primary source it is it is our source everything else is just superficial without it superficially helpful Says, I pray for you nonstop. My first day on staff, I just, Lucas just asked. It was on Tuesday, September 4th, 2012. I know that because it was the day after Labor Day. And Tim Hester, our executive pastor, who had just started two weeks prior to me, so he was brand new in his role, and he asked to meet with me on my first day. I thought, crap, I'm already in trouble. It was a short meeting. He called call me in. He said, hey, man, I'm, I just want to tell you I'm really glad you're here. And then he said this. I don't, I don't remember anything else he said because he didn't say much. But he said, Ronnie, uh, and, and what, he, what he shared with me, it, it proved to be really impactful in my life. He said, Ronnie, the best contribution you can make to Southeast Christian Church and to God's kingdom is to commit to being a praying man. This dude used to own a business. He's got all these best leadership practices that he could have mic-dropped all over the place with me, and they would have been helpful. But that was the thing he said. He didn't say, you know, all these things he could have said that would have probably sounded really helpful. He said, Ronnie, be a praying man. So I walked out of that office and and i start i began it wasn't just a five minutes to contemplate it began an honest evaluation of that charge of his charge and in reality, fellas most of I, I grew up with spiritual upbringing, and I'm grateful for that, but truth be told like most of my life, I would, I would describe myself as being a man who works hard because my dad taught my brother and me how to have a good work ethic. So I was a man who works hard and then prays for God to bless my efforts. But to be a praying man, I was not marked by that. But to go back to my childhood and early adulthood, my prayers looked more like, The movie Aladdin and me treating God like he's my personal genie and as if he's here to grant my every wish and my every comfort request and I remember this I would I would start off praying I'd be like God thank you for everyone and everything I mean isn't isn't that just really meaningful and then I'd get into what I wanted. God, I need you to do this. That, 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 that. It's like that wasn't prayer. That was a genie wish list. But that's where I was. Back to Tim's charge. Be a praying man. I knew insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so I knew, like, for me to go from where I have been to where Tim's charging me to go, which it's not tim's idea it's god's plan i knew i I had to change some a lot of things and so i started making changes in my calendar because my calendar dictates what i'm focusing on moment to moment in my daily and weekly rhythms creating new habits and so i found out about this place about 15 minutes from here it's called iron bell on wednesday mornings they open up at seven o'clock and, and they have soft worship music, sometimes live, sometimes canned, and it's just a great space to go and to be quiet and to pray. And so I was introduced to that, and so I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start blocking Wednesdays at 7 a.m. off on of my calendar as, as a non-negotiable. It's, it's my Wednesday morning appointment, extended prayer time. So I started blocking that off and I started going there and spending time intentionally praying for those um, in my sphere of influence, my family, those I was getting to know here. And then I heard at at Iron Bell, actually I think I saw an advertisement that said, hey we're we're doing this prayer workshop and it was on a Saturday, all day, Um, had young kids at the house, and I said, Tish, I really feel like I need to go to this, and she was supportive. And, and so there I was, I'm, I'm sitting on a Saturday for eight hours learning, taking notes, learning from this dude I had never heard of, and it was obvious when he was talking about prayer that he had, um, he had a different prayer lens than I did. And he had a depth about when he talked about prayer, really when he talked about talking to God and listening to God, it was just like, dude, that's what I want. It was both humbling and inspiring to hear the depth of him talking and equipping us on this journey he'd been on. Now, I had never met this dude, but at the end of the workshop, this Iron Bells, there's probably 100 people um, in this in this workshop. And at the end of the workshop, in front of everybody, he says, while I was, while I was on the airplane, on my way here, God put a few names on my heart to pray over. And one of the names that God put on my heart to pray over is Ronnie Cordray. My first thought was not VIP Alert. Bring it. No. <laughs> Honestly, I remember him saying my name, and the two words that came to my mind were, oh, crap. Because I thought, man, this dude's going to, who knows what he's going to say, but it's probably not going to be encouraging. Here's a few excerpts of what Ben Woodward prayed over me on February 22nd, 2014. He said, Ronnie, Psalm 119.18 says the God who opens up our eyes. And he went on to pray, said the Lord was going to open up your eyes and then open up new doors into him. For Ronnie, intimacy would open up the door into God's heart in a new way. And as you enter, you will discover many more doors, many other aspects of God that you have not yet discovered. As you enter, you will then take many with you. You will lead many others to discover the uniqueness of God's heart You will lead many through the door of intimacy and then into their own unique discovery of God. The Lord is going to give you the keys to his heart. Fellas, that ignited something in me, in my spirit, to start pursuing intentionally becoming a praying man. In these past eight and a half years, I've learned a few things about prayer rhythms that you may find helpful. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, were instructed, pray continually. And I discovered this thing on my iPhone um, while in text messaging where you can make an audio recording and then you can send it like you would, you know, uh, transcripted. Text, but you can actually record, and it sends as as an audio text. And I was like, I'm pretty sure Steve Jobs did not invent this feature so that I could send people prayers, but that's how I'm going to do it. And so I began to use it to send people audio prayers on their birthdays, on their anniversaries, as a way to encourage and build one another up, to carry one another's burdens. When I would hear about somebody. Um, struggling with something or carrying a heavy burden. And that's a way to encourage those around me to be faithful. And when I'm in the car um, on the way to work most mornings, I I don't listen to podcasts, I don't turn on the radio, not because there's anything wrong with those, but I'm like, man, I've got 15 minutes to where I can send one or two guys a morning um, an audio prayer text or call them and pray with them and throughout the day as i'm as i'm going you know it says pray continually when god prompts someone in my mind who i know is carrying a heavy burden i'll send them a, a short audio prayer and if someone asked me to pray for them i you know I, I i used to somebody said hey man will you pray for me and i'd say yeah man i'll pray for you and honestly More than not, I would forget. Good intentions, but I'd forget because conversations would get in the way. And so I was like, well, that's not working. So I changed it to when people started asking me, hey, tell me something. And and they said, will you pray for me? Typically, I'm like, well, let's stop and let's pray right now. You know, (laughs) novel idea. When someone I know shares something heavy with me, I typically get my phone out, whether while we're talking or right after, and, and I'll make a note so that I remember it, so that I can follow up with them and, and pray for them and with them. And around Mother's Day and Father's Day, you know, I'm blessed. I've, I can call my mom and dad today if I want to, and my, both of my in-laws. But I know a lot of you in this room, it's like, man, I can't do that. Um, and so I keep a list of people. When I come into contact with somebody that, or, or learn that somebody lost their mom or their dad, um, recently or a while ago i I pull out my list i every mother's day weekend every father's day weekend and and i'll just carve out some time to to send audio prayer messages to different people that i know it's like man this is it's probably gonna be a hard day hard hard weekend um, on widows and and widowers. Anniversary dates. I, I make a point to either call or send an audio prayer text. You know, just yesterday, um, a former mentor of mine, Reggie Campbell, his he passed away two and a half years ago, and um, I reached out to to Miriam because I know this is their this is second anniversary wedding anniversary that he's not around, and so I just I sent a audio prayer text and Miriam's response to me very shortly after I sent it revealed that it was a meaningful way that God used me to carry her burden on a heavy day now here's the danger of sharing stuff like that is that can sound like I'm putting a spotlight on myself that's not why I'm sharing it I don't share this with a mic drop posture Instead, I share what I'm learning, what I've been learning these past eight and a half years, and continue to learn because God wants us to be a band of brothers who are linking arms and who are equipping and and sharpening each other in this faith journey. Man, when when we learn something that's helpful, we, we share it, we don't keep it a secret. And so I've also learned that, you know, this pray continually as I'm going is something that I don't put on my calendar. It's just as I'm going. But I've also learned that I need to carve out spaces to practice Psalm 46.10 as well. Be still and know that I'm God. See, I can't, I can't do that while I'm going Mach 10, chasing three kiddos around and all these things. I have to actually carve out that space. For me, one of those spaces is Wednesday mornings at Iron Bell. I have to slow down. I have to quiet my soul in order to reflect and to tune into the to the Holy Spirit so that he can fill me up and and then out of the overflow of my heart then I can carry one another's burdens of those the burdens of those around me. If I'm just trying to do that in the flesh, man, I'll I'll dry up quick. And so we and I'll say one more thing about this. I've also been on this, the, the receiving end of what I'm talking about. Friends and, and ministry partners carrying my burdens and encouraging me to be faithful through praying for me during some heavy seasons. Past five plus years, I've, I've had multiple pretty significant bouts with depression and anxiety. And the prayer's those around me to remind me to be faithful even when I'm feeling off. And a few years ago, our family was dealing with a seemingly impossible situation. And the way God used several men around me through the power and faithfulness of their prayers, man, God used it to unleash the full force of the church on me and my family in ways that I am beyond grateful. That's verse 3. Verse 4, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. A few other translations say it this way, I miss you a lot, especially when I remember that last tearful goodbye, and I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. Another way it's said is, I remember how you wept when I said goodbye to you. I want to see you again very much so that I may be completely happy. Here's a fact. You don't tear up for someone unless you know them. You don't. You can be sad for somebody else that's sad, but you don't tear up for somebody you don't know. Them. You know it's, it's ironic that today, reading that verse, we're we're hearing that verse on the very day that one year ago, um, my good friend and friend of many of you in here former man challenge table leader um, jim sheehy went to heaven one year ago today and so as i was preparing and and hearing those verse four words i remember took me back to that of getting the news that jim had passed away a year uh, passed away fellas i i wept and i wept i wept for Becky, who was now a you know, young widower, I wept for Ryder and AJ, who now are in middle school and high school, formidable years, without a dad. Wept for his brothers, two brothers, Tom and Mike. I wept because I was sad. He's a good friend. Reference in another translation, he said, I miss you a lot. Especially when I remember that last tearful goodbye, and I look forward to a joy packed reunion. This gives me joyful peace, because even though I miss Jim, and I know many of you, who are those of you who know him, would say the same. And that tearful goodbye at the gravesite, it was a brutal, sobering reality check. But because of Jesus, where, uh, because of Jesus. We can look forward, I can look forward to a joy-packed reunion with Jim in heaven where he will absolutely have his Maui Jim sunglasses on his head even at 6 in the morning. If you know him, you know what I'm talking about. Verse 5, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Another translation says it this way. That precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is. Chris Morgan taught me last week uh, a new insight about this word sincere faith, or sincere, which is worth repeating. He said sincere in Latin is the word sensory and means without wax. It's authentic. And so back in those days, if pottery cracked, Apparently they would use wax to fill in the cracks so that it would look smooth and it would look authentic. But someone in a marketplace who's going to buy a piece of pottery might hold it up to the sun, to the light, because if there was wax filling in the cracks, it would be obvious that it wasn't authentic, that it wasn't true before purchasing it. Because the light would expose the wax so so Paul is a, affirming Timothy here and back to his um, back to watching him when they were together he said, "I've watched your life closely. I've held your life up to the light and though you are a sinner saved only by God's grace, your faith is true. it's authentic, it's without wax and he you know, then he says, but before you get too puffed up, uh, remember who taught you that. It was your grandma and your mom. Like You didn't, you didn't just wake up and develop this faith all by yourself. You, you had a model that you can be grateful to. Reminding him that they modeled how to have a faith that is without whack. And I'm grateful for Grandma Lois and Mama Eunice's example but I'm equally disturbed potentially by the apparent absence of Timothy's grandpa and dad's spiritual influence in his upbringing. Now it doesn't say why, so I'm not going to speak with authority where scripture doesn't speak, but it just it just makes me wonder like Does it mention his grandma and his mom and not his grandpa and his dad because they were drunks or womanizers or or does it not mention them because like Jim Sheehy, Timothy's dad and grandpa had both passed away before they could have a spiritual influence? like AJ and Ryder. You know, we call this man challenge, not dad challenge, not grandpa challenge. But for just a moment, I do wanna talk to the dads and grandpas in the room. Um, first off, I wanna say that, man, I'm, I'm encouraged as I l- scan this room and, and see the different grandpas and the different dads who, who I've watched closely had the privilege to watch closely and see that you are personally influencing and modeling and teaching faith without wax to your grandkids and to your kids. And so, if Paul was writing to many of you, he would say, Hey, to your kids, to your grandkids, like, Hey, you have a faith without wax. And man, praise God that you had your grandpa and your dad who modeled that and taught you that. And I'm encouraged by that, fellas. And to you, I say, man, be faithful. Keep being faithful. Now, maybe you're sitting here thinking, man, if Paul wrote my kids a letter or my grandkids a letter, it would sound more like, you know, I've been reminded of your ability to sit there and work a remote like a ninja. Watching college football and keeping track of all the game college games on Saturday. And then NFL games on Sunday and even Monday nights. Like, just like your grandpa. And just like your dad. Regardless of which one best describes you. Or if you're not a dad or if you're not a grandpa. All of us need to pay attention to this verse 6 because it's significant. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. One version says it this way. Keep that ablaze. Use that gift more and more to serve God well. Listen, fellas, the, the world is constantly trying to pour a bucket of water on your faith getting you to settle for being a cultural christian simply knowing jesus as your savior coming to church coming to man challenge and then living your life however you want but failing to pursue jesus as lord world's constantly just trying to get you to stop that pursuit to give up or, or to not start that pursuit we have to fight for this you know i we're approaching fall, and I love sitting in in my backyard on the weekends in the in the fall before it gets too cold, and and lighting up our fire pit. And I've learned that when I sit there too long, though the the fire loses its blazing heat, and if I get talking and take my eye off of keeping that thing, keeping the oxygen stirred up, you know, it it loses the heat, and it seems like it's maybe going out, but then if I get up and I stir it up, turn over the wood, then all of a sudden these embers, they they literally, they'll light a flame back up. It's, It's pretty fascinating. Your faith, my faith, it's no different. We constantly need to spur one another on. That's really part of the Power of this man challenge environment is to come in here and to remind each other of who God calls us to be, to high-five each other, to spur each other on, to challenge us, to encourage us to be faithful, to turn over the wood, keep our faith ablaze. I want to circle back to 1 Corinthians 11, 1, where Paul says, follow my example. As I follow the example of Christ. Why would Paul say that? Why would he not just say, hey, I'm modeling these things for you. Well, it's because Jesus came to earth to show us how how to live. The way God the Father created us to live. In other words, he modeled for us this passage. He modeled serving. You know how it started off saying, you know, Paul... Um, I thank God whom I serve. Well, get this. Jesus is God, and he still came to serve. And that's mind-boggling. Matthew 20, 28, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus modeled serving. Jesus modeled praying. You know, Luke 11, One, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. His disciples asked him to teach them. This is how we know he modeled prayer, right? You don't ask someone to teach you something that they're ignorant about. You ask an expert. You ask somebody that's like, man, they they clearly are way ahead of me on that subject, and I can learn from them. Jesus also modeled faithfulness. He was faithful to his calling. He was faithful for the two reasons that God the Father sent him here to earth. One, to model for us how to live. And he did that faithful. And also, he modeled faithfulness all the way to the cross. So that he could be our Savior. To the very end, he was faithful to his calling. Philippians 2, eight and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself because, By becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Jesus modeled faithfulness. Jesus also modeled fanning into flame. In Luke 2.52, it says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in faith with God and man. We call this thing man-challenge. It is man-challenge. And so I'm going to give us all a very practical man-challenge this morning, regardless where you are on your faith journey. I want you to reach out starting today, not like, hey, I'm going to start this next week. Starting today and daily for the next week, I want you to reach out and pray for one specific person, different person, each day the next week. Remembering one specific quality that you see in them and encourage that person in prayer to fan into flame that gift. That's how you encourage one another. That's how you pray for one another in ways that spur one another on, carry each other's burdens. Verse 6 has a last part I did not comment on until now. It says, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Laying on of my hands is another way of saying, praying over you. It's putting my hands on you because because that's an indication of endearment. It's both affirmation and encouragement. And table leaders, I'll, I'll just... I'm equipping you guys um, to s- decide which is best for your group. There's, there's three questions, uh, table discussion questions in your combat manual, and they're great questions. But perhaps... Maybe you want to call an audible this morning and, and go around your table instead of asking these three questions, going around and, and having each of you sharing one specific burden you're carrying, and then pick one guy this morning and have your group circle around that one guy and lay your hands on him and pray for him before you dismiss that might seem weird but god guys that's that's how we carry one another's burdens it's how we pray for each other it's how we encourage each other to be faithful so in the words of paul we can follow his example as he followed example of christ father thank you for these men thank you for the privilege of being together in your name Lord, I pray that you would encourage every one of us, wherever we are, remind these men that you're for them and not against them. God, I pray that you would send us out of here equipped to become men um, who pray for one another, who spur one another on, who carry one another's burdens, and who encourage each other to be faithful to who you call us to be. Thank you for being for this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's Bible Teaching from Man Challenge at the Blankenbaker Campus of Southeast Christian Church. For more information on how to get involved, reach out to us via the email address in our podcast description or find us on social media.